Welcome to At Work in America, sponsored by Paychex. We welcome a wide and exceptionally impressive array of guests, business leaders, HR leaders, academics, practitioners, consultants, and authors to talk about the most timely, relevant, and challenging issues that are influencing the workplace today. At Work in America digs in behind the headlines and trends to the stories of real people making a difference in the world of work. And now here are your hosts, Steve Bowes and Trish McFarland-Steed. Welcome to the At Work in America show. My name is Steve Bowes. Trish McFarland, how are you today? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I am well. Trish, I think this is going to be my favorite show of the year. I can tell already that I love the subject matter. We've had a chance to talk to our guest a little bit prior to turning on the recording button. This is going to be so cool. We're going to be talking about tattoos, the tattoo industry, whether or not there's any stigma left about being tattooed in work and workplaces and lots of other things with Mikhail Anderson, who is a real bona fide top level tattoo artist in New York City. I can't wait to welcome him to the show. We will welcome him in one second. Trish, we must thank, of course, our friends at Paychex. I'm wearing my Paychex That's hat right. today. As a matter of fact, this episode of At Work in America is sponsored by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Even the most seasoned professional can easily be overwhelmed by the critical tasks that need to be done during year-end. But you can download the Paychex year-end checklist to get organized. In it, you'll find timely tips, important deadlines, and advice backed by decades of experience to help navigate this time of year so you don't lose momentum as you transition to 2023. Please visit paychecks.com slash A-W-I-A to download your copy today. All right, Trish, let's welcome our guest. We've had a chance to talk with him for a few minutes. I'm excited to welcome him. Mikhail Anderson, he's our guest today. He's the founder of First Class Tattoo in New York City. He was born in Russia, started tattooing back in 2008. In 2012, he moved to New York City to pursue his passion, where he quickly mastered the art of color realism. His styles extend from striking full-color landscapes to grungy, edgy, trash polka sleeves, which I did not know what that was until this morning when I looked it up. When he's not killing it with tattoos, he enjoys playing guitar and piano, biking and painting. Mikhail loves working on large pieces as he's able to capture more detail and elements. Mikhail, welcome to the show today. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. I'm going to tell you what, large pieces is right. We had we both, uh, before the show, we checked out your Instagram. We checked out firstclasstattoos.com. You guys do some amazing killer work. So just uh, kudos for that, just right off the top. That amazing stuff you guys are producing out of that shop. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. Mikhail, so let's get, we've got a little bit of the background. I'd love maybe to learn a little bit more about what led you. I mean, tattooing is awesome and it's cool. I I think you must love it. But, you know, did you grow up saying this is the thing I want to do or or did you kind of find it? I'd love to hear a little bit of the backstory. What led you to, to, to start tattooing and then ultimately to create first class tattoos in New York City? Okay. So I went to college for graphic design after I finished the high school. Um, and I had a lot of tattoo artist friends. I would hang out with them. I would spend time at a shop, but I worked as a graphic designer for actually a year, year and a half in a big company. And I was doing, uh, business cards, designs. We worked with the international brands like Bayer, um, like big brands. And, um, uh, I mean, graphic design is a little bit stressful because, um, you basically have time frames, and you kind of push to do 
what the brand wants. And for me, when I hang out with the tattoo artist, it was almost like people were doing insane art on somebody's skin and giving more freedom. And I love the lifestyle of the people in that industry. So I spent a lot of time on the shops. And then the guy I spent time with, he was a tattoo artist, been tattooing for many years. He was a friend of mine um, that kind of pushed me to an industry. Um, I, I was really drawn to it. I've seen people travel around and they tattoo in shops in different countries. Um, they spend all the, all, all the life doing art. So me, I started tattooing. It was kind of helping the shop where I was and my friend owned a little space. Uh, and it, it was back in Russia. And then I was still doing graphic design. I was doing freelance because I quit a company. I couldn't do both. And then I kind of moved toward tattooing a full time. And then once I build up the clientele, I start traveling. I start going around. I've been to Europe, been to Spain, been to Germany, work in those countries uh been to israel visited a lot of shops made friends and uh there was a thing facebook and myspace and you just add people on myspace it's not a thing anymore but <laughs> but you kind of kept, kept connections and then i went to to new york first actually it was a, a trip just to go around and see how the shops are and meet new people but then i got a, offered a job and uh i got offered a job in miami uh and ended up living in miami for two years worked in a street shop and did a lot of did a lot of walk-ins did a lot of clients every day it was it was busy it was the after effect of the miami ink show it was uh i remember that show sure yeah. right well, people were lining up i was in a shop across the street from miami ink, uh the shop okay. of salvation tattoo so it was tv screens on a uh, windows the shop doesn't doesn't have the place there anymore they uh sold it because it was too expensive and all that stuff but we had lines of people and it was me and two other people that actually both are top tattoo artists in the world we're killing we're just sitting there every day and tattooing tons of people getting like a thousand in cash and tips and go party after and we we lived the life it was like a it was like a year you know me moving from russia from like different kind of lifestyle to bore miami when People come there for uh, like a spring break and there's a bunch of young girls, guys, everybody's in a party mode. Everybody is excited. They've seen TV shows about tattoos and they want to get something. It was most like small stuff. It was hard to do portfolio pieces that I can show to somebody, but it was just practice, practice. It was a lot of tattoos every day. But then it kind of happened. And after two years of being there, I just outgrown it. I had to move. I wanted to move to LA or to New York. I wanted to grow, do bigger stuff. And that was a point for me uh, moving to New York. It was a little bit easier. I knew some people. Uh, they helped me to rent an apartment. So I moved to New York in 2013. And um, I basically uh, got a job. I flew for an interview, got a three interviews in three different shops. All the shops were great. And then I chose one because it was a little bit slower because the first shop I went to was Eastside Inc. And it was so packed. There was people working back to back. It was like 10 people in a small room. And they're like, yeah, wow. sure, come, come work with us. But New York, everything is much smaller. You know, everything is expensive. Everything is small. People are packed up, cramped up. And I was like, I chose the shop that was more comfortable for me. And so we, uh, me and the girl I dated back then, we moved. 
and then it was um the the shop did a little bit of like different style from people who were doing in new york because new york tattooing was illegal until almost 2000s and the first shop first shops in new york were 1998 1999 it was bikers it was gang culture and cops uh they made it illegal the government made it illegal feel in new york tattoos came to those cities the last in america because california and hawaii tattoos were there in 40s 50s and sailors and people that travel they come and get traditional pieces but new york it was a lot more gangs a lot, a lot more street stuff and they didn't want all these interactions or shootings and like even when i moved to new york there was not many shops as it is right now there was kind of pioneering it was all traditional japanese in in the industry and um i came to the shop and i work at a shop that did watercolor and it was the only shop in new york philly or connecticut that did something abstract different than something else yeah i'm um, guessing back then mikhail a lot of bikers weren't coming in for watercolor tattoo scenes right on their arms i'm which, guessing for sure not it was yeah. it was a couple of shops like a block away from us they were like one was hardcore tattoos one was the did Japanese and it was all only Japanese or traditional. And when somebody at your shop does watercolor and I didn't do any watercolor back then, people will meet you in the street and be like, where you work? I'm like, oh, like this shop. And they're like, oh, that like whatever, like some trendy bullshit like you people are doing. <laughs> and then after working there for some time, I've outgrown the shop. I got hired to probably one of the biggest tattoo shops in the world my goal was i've never been happy in the workplace that i've been because tattoo industry is very competitive it's a lot of artists there uh they have their own views and in, in the industry a lot of people like to party and sometimes it's hard to work with creative people together when it's a lot of creatives they bump heads especially when they've been in the industry for many years it's always like a conflict. It's always like a, like an ego between uh, certain people. So my goal was to create a better space so that I went that direction. I had to save up the money and look for a space. And I've opened a shop of my own. Which is First Class Tattoo, right? The shop yeah, that you own First now. Class Tattoo, yep. It's been six and a half years. It's going to be seven years in May of next year since That's I owned the shop. So thank you for sharing the story. I mean, I have like a million questions, obviously, because oh, sure. there are just so many little nuggets there that I just wasn't even aware of in terms of, you know, how long it's been around and the different styles. But but the one that that just keeps coming to mind as you're talking is you keep mentioning like the workspace. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, when you made the decision to move to New York, that it, you were looking for a, a more comfortable workspace, right? In order to be creative. And when you went out on your own now, it sounds like same thing, right? You're trying to make a more comfortable uh, place for not just you, but for the other artists to, to be in. That That's a theme that we hear no matter what business we're talking to, right? So it's interesting that for your industry as well, it's, it's very important about the place and, and the way in which you work. Do you have any, I don't know, maybe two or three little things that you think you've done that really set um, first class tattoo apart in terms of the way that you're letting the artists 
be creative and not have those conflicts as much? Like, what are you doing to kind of alleviate some of that pressure? Well, we try to be a family. I mean, the pressure is still always going to be there because it's creative people, you know, and it's hard to work with creative people. But uh, sometimes I, I feel like, especially right now after COVID, people are trying to take their mental health to a new level and they need some time off. If they need a time off, you cannot be strict with them. They, If they want to travel and get inspired, they have to go travel and get inspired. Even there is rent to pay and all other stuff. But I mean, we try to go and do some stuff together. And we did it in the past few years. We would go and just outside work, we'll go do bowling, we'll go do some fun stuff. And I've been trying to connect with people because I work is different. People come and they're so focused and stressed out because they have to deal also with the customer services. Like you need to please the client and be with the client. And when there is 10 other people next to you, it's kind of hard, you know, and something doesn't work, something breaks. But my biggest thing that I, I think I've made and I haven't seen any shops that do it, I'm there all the time. I am there almost every week, every day. And if I'm not there, I have somebody there that I know personally for more than 10 years that is there, texts me all the time. I know it's hard on my mental health sometimes, and but I want to make sure that everybody has what they need and everybody has what they want. And want to be aware it's i mean perks of running the business but uh if somebody has an issue or conflict i will catch it before even slips out and we'll have a conversation and try to find a solution and uh i've met with a lot of workers separately and had the talks and try to not even help with the work but sometimes it's personal life and a lot of personal life gets in the way and sometimes you work in a team and we've had situation and i learned from them when somebody is dating somebody and they have like an issue at home they bring it to work but they don't also bring it to work they put it out on everybody and sometimes like the leadership and being a leader is you need to be also a mentor and, and help them with their life or give an advice or just take them out for dinner or be involved you know a little bit at least something and they feel better about themselves they feel better about uh, their life and then the the shop's atmosphere the shop's stuff is getting better and I've I've taken apprentices too and I've learned a lot I've taken apprentices even before I had a shop was I had my first apprentice and I've had an idea that I am not going to take this with me I have to teach people and I've learned from apprentices and it's been many it's been more than 10 or 12 and every single one, I think, is better. But I've learned so much from each one of them. And the whole process of me teaching and communication and people having ups and downs, because sometimes people come when they're young, when they're 18. Some people come when they're old. They go into being an apprentice and learning for a few years and being broke or not having clients. It's a big sacrifice. But yeah, I mean... It's so interesting, Mikhail and Trish as well. Like, you think... One of the things I found so fascinating about some of the things Michaela shared is that there's so much um, consistency in the issues that matter to people in workplaces. And it doesn't even really matter a ton what type of workplace it is. We could be talking about a bank. We could be talking about a store. We're here. We're talking about 
a tattoo shop, right? And those issues about take, you know, mentoring and training and developing and sort of caring enough for the people who you work with and work for you to kind of lift them up when they need it and to understand them, right? And get to know them a little bit so that you're there for them. That's consistent, right? In any kind of business. And we've heard so much, especially in the last couple of years, around the issues, as Mikhail mentioned, mental health and and how people are looking for that kind of support in workplaces. It's remarkable, remarkably similar to some of the other stories we've heard uh, over the last couple of years. Mikhail, we wanted to get to one other area, at least before we let you go, which is a little bit about it's it's as recently as maybe 20 years ago, right? And you're talking about what the climate was like in New York City and tattooing and maybe just become legalized right in the city, that mm-hmm. it still was a lot of bikers, a lot of, you know, uh, guys who worked at the at the dock or whatever getting tattoos. It wasn't, it hadn't yet kind of arrived in the mainstream. Now I feel like it kind of has. I feel like I don't, I do not have a tattoo. I will admit this on the show, but hopefully, Mikhail, you can help me out some, at some point. Um because I'm going to I'm going to get on that waiting list I promise but the um now it seems like it's is it okay it, do, do we do people in professional jobs or other types of careers are they worried do people come into you Mikhail, and say hey I want this I want this kind of tattoo but make sure I can cover it up completely when I'm wearing my shirt or my suit is is that still a thing that you encounter in with in your work I was back in my country. Everybody as a male is a mandatory to go to military, right? So we we get like all the tests and all other stuff and um, had to get physical exams. And for us, tattoo was like uh, being taught that it's a criminal thing, that it's like this and this, that people in the jails get tattooed. So I was in the industry. I got a few tattoos when I first got, a, uh, got all the tests. They took me to... Uh, to a therapist to like talk to me why did I get tattoos and you have to talk to psychiatrists and all that stuff to explain them why you have a tattoo and I had like a maple leaf on my neck that I got when I was 18 or 19 and they keep asking me like all these questions and when I first came to America um, I was in North Carolina South Carolina tattooing and you go to the beach People see you with like tattoos and they will come and stop you and be like, hey, do you sell weed or like you're a part of the game or something? (laughs) And it was all the time questions like that. But, you know, in big cities, uh, like later on, you would go in a street and people will stop on bikes or cars and see like a bright tattoo. They're like, holy shit, this looks amazing. But still old generations have that thing when i was it was funny story i was signing for a lease and i was going looking for places around all the landlords of buildings are old i've met with a few people they're like oh so what's your business i'm like it's gonna be a tattoo shop and the the lady like 70 years old she'll be like no 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 i don't need those motorcycles and those gangs in my building (laughs) and this was 2016 and i've heard that couple of times not one time it was a couple of times and it was always with the landlords there past 70 that own the buildings or whatever manage the buildings in manhattan so it's a thing but uh me basically i've tattooed a lot of high class i tattooed a lot of uh actors models bankers people that work in wall street people that sell oil people that own oil companies and people who wear suits sometimes you don't see what they have but they can have a back piece of a whole apocalyptic scene and or something else Mm. as you would never know but uh it's been more and more acceptable and right now i don't think anybody cares unless there are tattoos on the face and kind of people 
accepted it. They're fine with it. It's been all over TV shows, commercials, everywhere. And tattoos are more than just like something that they got as like a spiritual thing before being in a gang or something else. It's it's a memory. It's a piece of art. And for me, it's a piece of art. And purpose of art is to heal. And pur purpose of art is to feel better, feel better about yourself too. So sometimes you get a piece and you look at yourself, you feel better. And I've had people that had mental issues, they'll get tattooed and feel better about themselves. So I've really like had funny things when I tattooed somebody like a big piece and I would walk in a bank and the person was the owner of the bank and me walking in there, seeing a person in a suit sitting there, I'm like, holy shit, I just tattooed you like a week ago. <laughs> um, so yeah my kitty came to join <laughs> that's okay yeah you know, i love it i'm glad i'm glad that you talked about that it can sort of heal you that the art can heal you years ago we had a, a woman on the show this is like 10 years ago and she was talking to um someone who wasn't a tattoo artist but but about like she wanted to get a tattoo and she was asking this person about where should i get that on my body and the person's advice was get that on the part of your body that you like the least, or maybe you have a scar or something that makes you insecure because the tattoo, in other words, would like heal you in terms of the way that you see beauty on a part of your body that you're not very confident about. Could you just talk a little bit about that? I mean, do you see people coming in who might have scars or just other sure. things? I, I recently read that Dolly Parton, I do not know if this is true, that, that Dolly Parton has tattoos all over her body to hide different scars is that something that comes up for you as an artist you know i did the same when i wasn't even a tattoo artist the first two tattoos i did it was basically to cover the scars that you don't feel comf uh, confident about yourself and i mean i did first tattoos as myself as like with a machine but the the professional tattoos i got was with a scar and if you're in a relationship with somebody or you go into a public place a beach or a swimming pool and you have a big scar sometimes some people like now I don't care but before I did care and I didn't feel confident about myself and I would always try to wear a shirt or something else just to hide the scar because even like right now I have a scar on my knee that was from an accident but I go somewhere people see it right and they're like oh oh my god what happened to you and start asking you questions but it's sometimes it doesn't put you in the right place because i mean what happened was not a nice thing and it kind of like it hurt me it still hurts me even it's been many years ago and i have a giant scar from it so we do get a lot of clients that and i've had crazy stories of people doing self-harm I tattooed a girl many years ago that actually wrote a book about the uh, how religious organizations hurt people. And she was in the Jewish community, was born in a Jewish oh, wow. family, traditional Jewish family, and got out. And then they harassed her, chased her, tried to like murder her or something else. And she, from the stress, the phone calls, she would cut herself. And she came wow. in to me in 2015 I think or 14 and she asked she's she was scared to take the sleeves up and she was working a normal job back then but now they now they own a center that helps people being hurt by religions in downtown Manhattan but she was scared to lift the uh sleeves up 
And she is like, I want to get a tattoo just to cover this because I don't feel comfortable about myself. I don't feel comfortable talking to people because I go to a store and people see the scars. They're like, oh, you're psycho. Mm -hmm. And she got a tattoo and she brought me a book sign that she wrote. And she's like, thank you so much. I feel so much better by myself. And we've tattooed for many years, the shop, me, uh, people that got after surgeries, they got belly tuck or something else and uh, many other scars, something from an accident that they don't like and they don't feel comfortable or confident about themselves. And tattoos do hide the scars. I have big, big, uh, two big scars, one on my arm and tattoo literally covered it and you can't see you can only feel if you come and touch the skin you can mm -hmm. feel its texture that there is something that is missing there from the skin because it's not flat but even from a couple inches away looking at it you would never say that there was a scar there so that's that's really like a big topic and i've had people i was talking uh before we recorded i was talking uh, a story that I bump into somebody in the city and I do it every day. I go, if I go somewhere, I would bump into old client or something else. It's kind of like a fortune. Sometimes it's not because I'm like, I want to be by myself, but you, you go, and somebody's <laughs> like, Hey, you tattooed me like six years ago, 10 years ago or something else. <laughs> so I was in the central park yesterday and this guy is like, a, it was dark. It was late. And this guy was on a bike and he was like, oh, hey, Mikael. It was nobody around. It was wow. one client. So we talked for a little bit. You know what he said to me that stood up to me? He said, the thing that you tattooed on me was one of his dogs, I think, that passed away. He said, it's the best thing that ever happened to me and it's the best memory. Um, and, you know, it kind of melts my heart every time that I, I hear stuff like that. It's a great story, Michaela. Thank you for sharing it uh, uh, with us. It's uh, it's awesome. It kind of uh, kind of reminds us all, like, because everybody's coming in there, right, with a story, right? There's something, right? Whether it's the dog or it's the scar that they want to cover up, or it's it's uh, you know memory of their mom or their dad. But one thing we learned. And this is the last one I want to uh, ask you, Michaela, real quick before we talk about. It. I was reading uh, on FirstClassTattoos.com. You have a lot of uh, advice and uh, frequently asked questions, etc about the process and aftercare of the tattoos and things like that. And on the, on the website, Mikhail, you guys recommend, hey, maybe not a great idea to get the name or the portrait of your significant other tattooed on you. I'd love for you to just comment <laughs> on that. And like, if I walked in there and said, you know, I want that, you know, I love so-and-so on my arm. Would, and would you tell me, no, don't do it? I tell everybody. Well, that, that's the thing. I don't know why as many years I worked in the industry for 15 years and I've seen a lot of stories and each single story when people walked in and got it done, something happened to it. It's almost, you know, everything is like, everything is so universal. We're so connected and there's energy and it's almost you trying to bring that person with you. You going against the universe, you going against the laws uh the god just trying to like take them with you you put in their name you know you're trying to bring relationship instead of living up to um the higher force you trying to just chain yourself and yeah so i've literally i've seen my best friend has his uh ex's uh name and a little traditional tattoo tattooed on him he's been with her for 16 years 
since high school. And when he got it done two months later, they broke up. I've heard stories all the time of people getting matching rings, something else, but um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's very, very like deep subject. Maybe somebody, somebody covers it better, but um, I think it's kind of like on a spiritual level, please to anybody don't get your pets portraits before they pass away. Even I tattooed a bunch. Yeah. And then don't get, if you're married or dating somebody, don't get any matching tattoos or significant other names or something else. Um, it just, it's kind of a bad luck. You know, I feel like tattoo is a kind of like a spiritual thing and you can go in deep and look it up. But sometimes people get something like a symbol or something else and their life changes, you know, and some people will, even it could be, they just overthinking, but it could happen like that. You can go and go to somebody who is like a spiritual person and they'll tell you like, why did you get this done? It like changed your energy, changed your life. Well, you... maybe you get a tattoo <laughs> of a beach or something instead of the right, name of the girl, of the girl. Right? Cause you could always go back to the beach <laughs> and the girl might be long gone. Right. That's kind of the lesson we're, we're getting here. Hey, yeah. my, I have one last question. Cause I know we're going to be wrapping up, but in terms of, and I, and I don't mean like what's trendy, but like, for the future of tattooing, obviously it's changed a lot in, in the last 20 years or so that you've been involved and that, you know, it's becoming more mainstream. What would you say is something that's like cutting edge when it comes to tattoos, not necessarily trendy, but what's something that, is there a, a style that's becoming very cutting edge? Um, maybe people are trying to learn to do it or just some sort of a technique or anything like that. Well, I think the industry evolved in that stuff and it's been styles that come up and push each other every year. It's been fine line five, six years ago and then it was watercolor, a little bit more than that. And um, maybe now it's going to be a trash polka. But I think everything right now is returning back to kind of old things. Like if you look at photography, the film photography in the past year and a half, it's been a big thing and the stores are booming. They film commercials in Hollywood on film cameras just because it has that different feel. You know, we've been the tattoo industry evolved so much. We've been using machines that are completely wireless pants that almost like you have a brush in your hand and you just tattoo you. You're so mobile. Wow. I can go in the mountains and tattoo somebody. I don't need the power. I don't need anything. I just need the ink, paper towels, ink caps, and a tattoo machine with a battery. And the battery lasts for a day. So I can have two batteries and tattoo you, I don't know, in an elevator. Or we can go in wow. an airplane and I can tattoo you in an airplane or helicopter or anywhere else. Private jet. Somebody flies me on private jet, I'll tattoo them. But the thing is that people have been driven to kind of the stuff that we don't have anymore like something that is authentic, something that looks a little different. They've been doing movies and films on film and it looks different because nothing can replicate. I mean, you can put 10 million filters and put a post-production, but it still doesn't have that feel. So I think yeah. a little bit in, in the back of my head that something like Tabori, like a hand poke, like a, like a traditional or back to traditional coil machines will still eventually come make a comeback i, I know I, I don't want to hold you up any longer mikhail but yeah that's a great analogy made to film in fact we just did a show one of our other uh, titles that we do uh, where i was talking about the kodak company 
was scrambling to hire people who knew how to process film and chemists who knew how to film chemistry works because there had been a resurgence in demand for normal traditional film both for cameras and for movie cameras and they hadn't even anticipated that they were making still a little bit of it but all of a sudden they've had to make a lot more film and they didn't have people who knew how to make film honestly right and develop sure, them. Yeah. so yeah it was fascinating Mikhail this has been fantastic uh we've uh been lucky enough to be joined by Mikhail Anderson the website is firstclasstattoos.com you can also find the shop on uh Instagram as well as Mikhail on Instagram you've got to check out first class tattoos amazing art both from Mikhail and you've got a number of half a dozen other artists I think or so I saw on the website that yeah. work with you and just any kind of style you want uh big pieces big you know expressive pieces custom pieces they do it all and it's incredible stuff trash i don't have a tattoo i mentioned at the top of the show i'm ready i'm gonna try to i'm gonna get on the waiting list and i'm coming to see mikhail that's my promise i am hopefully, I I'll, get, hopefully I'll get in because hopefully i'll get admitted i'm a big baby that's that's the main problem like the pain no, is scaring you me a should bit, do but, it but I, i'm coming i'm coming you should do it because i found that even though mine are not big pieces um, you know, if I could have, if I had a job like where I could have had a full sleeve, I would have, because I feel like it's like, once you get one, it's almost like an addiction. There's like a, you just get this surge of energy and because it's meaningful, like Mikhail was talking about, it's like, it means something. And I don't know, it's like, it, you want to get more. So be ready. You get that first one. You're going to wait a lot more, right? I think I'm ready. <laughs> In 10 years, you're going to be all covered. <laughs> That's right, it. he's gonna right. be well, totally, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna come to New York and see you, Mikhail. I'll get on the list. Uh, thank you so much should. once again, Mikhail, for taking some time. <laughs> really, really interesting stuff. And good luck with everything at First Class Tattoos. We hope both of us to see you in person, uh, hopefully soon, like this year, uh, 2023. Let's let's make that happen. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thank you, Mikhail, so much. Thank uh, Trish, you so thank much. you. This is a great show. You're my tattoo expert. Thank you for helping me uh here and uh i think you're ready to go for your next tattoo too it sounds like i am you know it's funny too though i think that i love i love that mikhail that you all do the watercolor and that you sort of learned that um it's been a number of years but i was thinking of it more in terms like i have my very first tattoo that i got when i was like 23 maybe that needs a little like love and like redoing if you will i i always kind of thought like wouldn't that be cool to have like watercolor tattoo over it the other one is like my kids I have twins and they just went away to college and so I'm I would like something to kind of like commemorate that right that this idea of your children kind of going off into the world so it's not that I don't want another one I absolutely am going to get one I just I got to figure out what I need you know right take some time figure it out touching up and reworking a tattoo is a great idea I did a lot and people feel more happy sometimes you just have something mm -hmm. like an old piece and refreshing it and redoing exactly. it something to it all makes so much better you know absolutely well, thanks again so much to mikhail anderson from first class tattoos make sure you check it out when you your next tattoo should be at first class tattoos if you can get on the list good luck hopefully you can uh we're gonna go see mikhail in new york city as soon as we can as well thank you to mikhail and everybody who made this possible thanks to our friends at paychecks of course thank you trish and thanks everybody for listening to the hr happy hour show and at work in america and we will see you next time and bye for now
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.